Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a fantastic signed and framed Paolo Di Canio shirt. Tickets are just £3.95 each and just 99 will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Tuesday the 1st of March and the winner is drawn an hour later live on Facebook. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from Tony Cotty, Saeed Benrahma, Jared Bowen and Vladimir Sufau up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. West Ham United have drawn Europa League giants Sevilla in the last 16 of that competition in the season of our first ever group stage campaign. And now we've got potentially uh, the most successful team in the history of the Europa League, obviously. But as James Jones so succinctly put on Twitter in the week, we've already beaten Man City in the Man City Cup this season. So why can't West Ham United go to Spain, come back to the London Stadium and knock Sevilla out of the Sevilla Cup to what an exciting time to be a West Ham United fan. On Friday morning, I was there in front of the TV, like so many other West Ham fans, no doubt, eagerly awaiting who we were going to get. Glad when a few of the duffers got drawn out ahead of us. It really did look like towards the end it was going to be Barcelona. But from my perspective, Sevilla is an absolute dream of a draw. What an occasion. Both games are going to be for West Ham United. I've booked my flights already to be out there in Spain, which will be absolutely superb. Got the tickets for the home leg already, of course. Honestly, with everything else going on, it's great that we beat Wolves at the weekend, of course. Obviously, a bit of a, a scary time with all that's going on in the news this week as well. But we here at the We Are West Ham podcast will obviously touch on on all those other bits over the course of tonight's show. But this is it feels historic. I haven't had excitement like it in my whole 30 years on the planet or 25 years of uh, since I first went to my first West Ham game or whatever. Um, so I'm definitely keen to soak as much of the excitement up as possible, particularly whilst uh, I'd like to jump on board with the James Jones optimism train. Um, the fact that or the chances of us actually beating Sevilla over two legs seems somewhat slim. 
Uh, and obviously, it's still a bit 50-50 whether we'll make the Europa League next season. So I'm determined to enjoy it as much as possible. One man with whom I never have to try and enjoy myself is my We Are West Ham co-host, co-founder and a very, very good pal, James Jones. All round good bloke. Jonesy, wonderful to see you again, mate. What a time to be alive. That draw, what did you make of it? I just, I'm just, i just so excited. The last few weeks on this podcast and West Ham in general have just been a bit meh, a bit flat. Um, obviously, some of the results have been okay, but anyone thinking the performances have been at an acceptable level uh, is wrong, basically. Um, but, and then the draw on Friday... It's just transformed my whole perspective. It's just made me you know, just remember where we are. What a what a wave of positivity uh, we're riding at the moment as as West Ham fans. Um, yeah, how are you? How are you? How do you feel about the draw? What's going on? Talk to me, West Ham, and whatever else you like. I'm good, thanks, mate. Um, busy but good. Uh, just like you, very very excited with the draw. Low-key wanted to draw Rangers just because I'm going to be... Ah, oh, I know we had this chat already. I'm going, to be up, I'm going to be up there at the time of the away draw, so it would have been easier for me to watch it in a pub. Um, but, I mean, Sevilla is probably the best draw we could have got other than Barcelona, I think. Um, hmm. if, if you're looking for prestige and, and all the rest of it, then that's definitely the biggest the biggest draw we could have got outside of Barcelona. And, like... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're masters of the Europa League, aren't they? So if you beat them, you've got half a chance. And as I tweeted, we've, you know, we've got, there's no reason why we can't beat them um, over two legs. That second leg, especially if we, if we, what if we, an if we, that if is we go be. into that second leg, either still in the tie or, or, or leading or whatever, uh, with something to play for, that night at London Stadium is going to be absolutely rocking under Mate, the lights against Sevilla. Um, something to play for, like it would be incredible. It would mm. be incredible. So hopefully we can go out there and, and do ourselves proud and take something worthwhile playing for a week later. But yeah, incredible draw. It does make it just feel a lot more real now, doesn't it? We are in Europe. We are in Europa League. We have arrived. Mate, of course. And that's what I mean. It's, it's amazing. those names on the TV, like was... Absolutely incredible. See, like seeing literally just the little pot with we had our own pot yeah. with West Ham United FC written on the front of it, and then just watching it on the screen and seeing Sevilla, who you're like used to playing against in the Champions League a lot of the time as well. The amount of fixtures Man United seem to have had against them over the years, like involved in proper prestigious big occasions. I just honestly, mate, I think it, it's what. Dreams of me, it just properly bought out the little kid in me. I mean, as you know, the little kid in me, despite being 30 years of age, is never that far from the surface, really, anyway. But um, honestly, I just think, and I think as far as West Ham concerned, if you can't be excited and happy about this, you honestly never will be. You genuinely never will. Right? We're fifth in the league. I know the performance has been a bit dodgy the last month or so, but what fun it's been. The last mm. two years or 18 months, mate, what mm. great fun it has been supporting West Ham United. <laughs> like beyond anything I've ever known in my life, like for the longevity of it. And to be drawn against Sevilla and to be going, oh, just, mate, honestly, it's just so good. It's so good. If you, I just think if you're still feeling negative about anything about West Ham at the moment, you honestly, you might as well give up, mate, yeah, seriously. Because yeah. how much better can it really get? Like it can a bit, but 
It's, uh, honestly. And, so and good. We've, got, we've still got the FA Cup to play for this week as well. Mm. And we've got a massive chance to get to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, yeah. which just is just another another huge positive in what's been, like you said, an incredible 18 months, two years. Yeah. Um, but the draw, drawing severe in Europa League last 16 kind of almost hammers home how good it actually has been for us. Mate. So, oh my God, what, we're behind Sevilla? Like, yeah, like in the Europa League. Yeah. In, for a place in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Yeah. Um, yeah, mental, absolutely mental. Phenomenal. I do think it's one of those, mate. I mean, when it came out, I was delighted and I was on, had Skyscanner up ready to go, got the flights in nice and quickly. Um, and I didn't, even I didn't give it a second store, which is peculiar for a cup competition. It took me ages, and I mean like probably the next day before I went, ah, oh, oh, we probably might not actually win that though. <laughs> Do you know well, what I mean? It was just like I was so excited for the whole occasion and like two legs home and away and whatever that it just didn't really dawn on me. I was like, oh, oh yeah, hang on, this isn't just like a one-off holiday. This is actually a two games of football. It would be really cool if we won as well. But if we yeah. won, I'll just lose the plot. That would be me, I think. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Life will have peaked. If, if we if we beat them, I mean, they've won the competition six times. I think they did it three years in a row not, not long ago. Mm. Um, you know, they're currently second in the Liga. Miles behind yeah. Real Madrid, mine, but they're second in the Liga. Um, they're a very, very, very good side. Mm. Um it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but course, at the moment, yeah. I don't really care. Like, at the end of the day, nah. if, you, if we, everyone keeps going, oh, you know, we've got a chance of winning this Europa League. It's like, well, if you're going to win it, you've got to beat teams like Sevilla. Mm. Um, and, you know, if we beat Sevilla, it's only going to be a harder a harder game in the quarters. Well, so, depends. you know, you've got to, yeah, you've just got to embrace it and go, well, you know, it is what it is. We're in this competition. We want to be playing the best team in the competition and, and we're arguably playing the best team in the competition, barring Barcelona, probably. Ah, yeah. I just think it's brilliant. I just honestly think it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, there isn't really much more to say, really. It's really exciting. The first leg Thursday, the 10th of March, out in Spain. Uh, and then the second, the return leg is that following Thursday, the 17th at London Stadium. Uh, yeah, managed to get the time off and, and get some flights pretty sharp. So on Skyscanner, Jonesy, you thought I was proper clever. I was like, had the TV on, watching the draw, on Skyscanner, just waiting. Had all the dates plugged in, happy days. And every time, like, the because it was the unseeded teams getting drawn first, wasn't it? So it was like, when that came up, I just type, banged in the, the that, like, closest airport location on the search, hit search, all the flights come up. I was all right. If it's West Ham, I'm ready to hit go. Absolute, like, proper pleased with myself, thinking this is, uh, honestly, I know a load of people would be doing it, but I was like, this is flawless, this plan. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, got Sevilla, clicked on the Thursday to Sunday flight. Mm-hmm. So I was like, here we flipping go. This is going to be superb. Um, and then completely, like, didn't even consider the fact that it takes you then to a, particular airlines website easyjet in this question uh, in this case like hadn't like automatic hadn't logged in already to that so i was like, mm, bit, a bit of an oversight it'd been a while since i logged into my easyjet account so i needed to reset my password in the process of doing that the thursday sunday flights i had locked in disappeared um so yeah the only ones i could end up getting were tuesday to saturday um i don't think my, by all accounts my mum wasn't too happy when my dad told her that um, not only uh, are we not going for three nights anymore, we're going for four. 
Uh, it's also Tuesday to Saturday <laughs> rather than... Uh, so he'll still be able to go to West Ham, the home game against Villa on the Sunday. Um, yeah, just, mate, it's just so exciting. I was saying, though, I don't know how... I don't know how people of, like, regular European clubs or fans do it every round, every season. Yeah. It's cost a fortune. Yeah, yeah, it must cost a lot of money. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, don't I think know. the flights, I think for Tuesday to Saturday were 350 quid for me and my dad. Um, and then the hotel was 200 for four nights or something like that. Pretty standard sort of fare. But, and, you know, again, because it's a one-off occasion, we're likely to lose or get knocked out, whatever, anyway. We're sort of like, yeah, whatever. It might not happen for another 20 years, so it's fine. Mm. But I certainly couldn't be flipping shelling out 500 on... Uh, on away trips if we were doing it every season the United fans I suppose that's probably why they they have such a large gap between the groups and the court and the and the knockouts just so (laughs) they they allow fans just to save up a little bit more money four month month break yeah save a little bit you've got a little bit of time now guys and then you can waste it all again once we kick off again yeah yeah. yeah true story mate true story um yeah brilliant stuff mate absolutely cannot wait for that um yeah just yeah Absolutely riveting stuff. So you'll be on your work trip, still be able to watch it, of course. Um, one thing we do have to mention, mate, obviously it's not really anything to do with West Ham or the podcast, really. Um, obviously, there's the Andre Yarmolenko links. Um, feels I don't know. feels a bit of a strange one to mention. We don't often just bring up other topical news stories that are going on. Um, but obviously, with everything that's gone on since we last spoke, me and you haven't really spoken about it. Uh, away from the podcast anyway um but just sort of needless to say sort of harrowing scenes and um not nice seeing what we've seen on on the continent with russia invading ukraine uh leaking over into into football a little bit andre yarmolenko obviously been given some time off from the club and the tribute to him uh, before that wolves game at the weekend it was nice to see alexander zinchenko and uh, the everton Guy whose name escapes me, apologies for that, but um, some emotional scenes up at Goodison Park after the Man City Everton game as well. Support sort of from from all corners, from the people of Ukraine and, and the the apparent sort of, you know, bravery and resilience they're showing in repelling some of these attacks at the moment. Um, yeah, just, I suppose, just thoughts, uh, thoughts with everyone affected by it. It just always seems to me, yeah, I don't know about you, but, I tend to refrain from tweeting about things like that. And and even on the podcast as well, it, it often, I'm of the camp sometimes, it seems like platitudes, you know, what, what me and you saying thoughts and love and prayers to people of Ukraine on a West Ham podcast. Just don't know, it just doesn't always sit right with me. But I think with this, this time around, it feels a little bit more appropriate, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, what, what those poor people over there are having to deal with is tragic. Um, and just pretty mental actually when you think about it it's 2022 and mm. European countries having to deal with deal with that being bullied by another European country um, I say another European country just one bloke essentially <laughs> who seems seems to have just completely lost his mind um, <laughs> but yeah yeah it's um, it's terrible and I'll tell you what that, that Ukrainian president Zelensky yeah. what a man by the way mm. Um like that is leadership on so many levels what he's doing and like the ukrainians are lucky to have him um and they're really getting behind him as well when he's getting behind his people and and, and as you quite rightly said there that you know they're making it a lot harder for russia to to achieve what they want to achieve and you know 
all the power to them for for standing up, stand up for their for their ground and for themselves, and, and really trying to push back and fight for fight for what's right. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like you. I don't I don't really get involved in the thoughts with and sending love and prayers and stuff. But yeah. uh, my thoughts are with the Ukrainian people and the Yarmolenko, obviously as well. But mm-hmm. for the Ukrainian people, because I you know just it's very difficult to really comprehend what what I they're mean, going yeah. through. Like you see it on the news, but imagine being just... invaded. Like imagine just where we live. Yeah, there's yeah. tanks and people with like guns and missiles parading yeah. through your streets. Like yeah. that's what's happening. Is these aren't like remote locations, are they? These are like well, sort of the stuff with Kiev, as we've seen. You just can't comprehend, can you, what it must be like to you know if it was through Boreham Wood or or like round Croydon, whatever, where me and you are. Just the idea that. You just can't comprehend it, can you? That no. people be steaming through those streets looking to do people harm or blowing up buildings and stuff. It's just we're we're sort of very lucky, but um, yeah, no, I just it just felt like one non-football related that that we perhaps had to mention, mate. Yeah, it's just madness. What like I was watching the news earlier, and the the guys doing a live broadcast from. Kiev, I think, and suddenly mm. the, air, the the air raid siren goes off. Yeah, and, and he's like, "Oh, looks like there's another <laughs> attack." And it's just like, "What on earth?" And it's like the yeah. middle of a, a major European city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like I can't get mid round it. It's just no. mental. But um, there were talks today, wasn't there? So hopefully, yeah, some yeah, yeah. Kind of resolution situation. Um, all power to them. Um, there was actually a football game at the weekend, Jonesy. There was an exciting Europa League draw. Um, there's also the start of um, a quite disturbing European conflict. But in amongst all that, West Ham played a Premier League game and stunningly played well, uh, won it against a rival for those European places, be it top four or top six, whichever uh, camp you fall into and whichever, wherever your belief lies. But what a huge 1-0 win that was over Wolves on Sunday. Um, to put us five points ahead of them, even though they've still got a game in hand. But when the games level up, uh, looks like we'll still be above. Huge win, obviously. Arsenal have got those three games in hand on us with the same points. Tottenham, two games in hand. And if they win both of those, they will go a point ahead of us. But, I mean, they couldn't even beat Burnley. They beat Manchester City and then couldn't beat Burnley. What a hilarious Shambles of a football club. <laughs> they really are. Antonio Conte coming out with the weirdest interview ever. Um, and then obviously them, them picking up a win off the back of it, Spurs. But it's certainly hotting up. And and Jones, it was a huge one because I think lose that game. And I honestly think you're effectively out of it. Given Wolves a huge advantage. Um, but even if Arsenal and Tottenham do win both of those games, that puts us in seventh, but only a point behind Spurs uh, and yet to play them. So... A massive win uh, against Wolves. You were there. I had a similar situation to last week. Unfortunately, I was roped into working again. So it's two home games on the bounce I've missed. Not a great uh, position, I I guess, for the uh, presenter of a West Ham-led podcast. But uh, I can assure you, um, I was following the coverage and and watched it as soon as I arrived in the office. But you were there, Jonesy, uh, representing the We Are West Ham podcast with a plum, no doubt. Um, one nil against Wolves. We'll get into it in more detail shortly. But uh, what were your thoughts on that before we move on? It was a massive win. Um, 
I think I said, I said on Twitter before the game that you win that and you're still in with a chance. If you lose it, you spend the rest of the, like, the next three months praying for other teams to, to slip up and you don't really yep. want to be in that position. You know, at Definitely least not. it's still technically in our hands, a top six finish. Uh, I think one, of, I think both two of Spurs' games in hand are against top top six clubs as well. Mm. I think United and Chelsea maybe. Um, so there's a chance that they'll drop points still. Um, so I think, I think it's massive in that respect, but the performance is the one that really encouraged me. Mm. Uh, what, I was dreading the game based on previous form. Wolves are in good form. They, you know, they're the form team up there fighting for it. And um, yeah, they lost to Arsenal in midweek, but very unlucky too in the end. And um, yeah, I was dreading it and Moyes tweaked the system and it completely changed, changed everything for us really. Like, Wolves didn't we couldn't really do much in the in the first half. They came a little bit stronger in the second um, after we'd scored. But yeah, all round super performance, and it's the type of performance that we can play like that between now and May. For me, top six in the bag. Mm. Top six is in the bag. We, we were very good. Needs to be a bit better in front of goal, a bit more decisive in the final third. But you know, if we win the next fourteen league games one nil, I'll be happy. <laughs> So, yeah. you know what I mean? yeah, doesn't yeah. really matter, does it? As long as you're winning, it doesn't, doesn't really matter how many you're scoring. So, especially against a team that are in and around you like that, it's a huge three points, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. So, psychologically, it's massive, I think, for, for the players, given the yeah. fact that they will know that they haven't been at their best over the last month or so. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, we're fifth in the Premier League, mate. Uh, we're through to the fifth round of the FA Cup and been drawn against Sevilla in the Europa League. These are exciting times in East London. Um, we will get onto that Wolves game in a bit more um, detail shortly in, in part one. Um, for now, though, a usual little housekeeping roundup. You can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram at we are West Ham pod. Facebook, just search we are West Ham podcast. Do the same on YouTube. We can find clips, two opposition views this week. They'll both be up there. A bit of match reaction. All of the stuff we talk about, basically, Jonesy clips up, puts them up in video format. And although Jonesy's looking dishevelled, but my hair is looking on point this week. So uh, if that's not a reason to go over to the We Are West Ham podcast YouTube channel, I don't know what is. You can email us at wearewesthampod at gmail.com. The links to all the ways you can follow us and contact We Are West Ham are included in the description to this podcast. And you can buy us a beer and support us at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Donations start as little as a fiver each. The money goes straight to me and Jonesy. And as we always say, it will only go on pints or equipment and guest fees to make the podcast as good as it possibly can be for you guys. And I'm delighted to say on that note, actually, uh, earlier on, uh, we invested in some more like mobile recording equipment, which means uh, that hopefully me and Jonesy will be out to bring you a bit of different content, perhaps some immediate post-game reaction stuff if we meet up after games at London Stadium just be out and about a bit more enable us to be a little bit more fluid and flexible with the sort of content we record um so yeah obviously uh, that, that, a lot of that comes out of, of the donations that come from you guys and the sponsorship stuff as well so we are always working behind the scenes to make the pod as good as possible thanks for everyone who's uh, subscribed or supported us and bought us a beer before you can still do that uh, do it again if you so wish Josie coming up on this week's podcast we'll have some more detailed reaction to that brilliant win over Wolves at London Stadium on Sunday we'll have a Southampton opposition view ahead of that FA Cup fifth round clash which you so sensibly mentioned 
just now. James Beavis, sports journalist and Saints fan, will be joining us for that. Then we'll have Steve Hoare from Redmen TV for the Liverpool opposition view ahead of that game this weekend with the Reds. Then we'll have the Betway charity bets, the West Ham women, who I apologise, we a uh, little bit of a messing up with the scheduling on our part uh, last week. Got a little bit of a mix up with the fixtures. They did actually have a game against Reading in the FA Cup between this pod and last. We thought they were going to break the last week, but it's actually this week. So we'll cover that and then me and Jonesy will say goodbye for another week. I would say that that makes for a pretty intriguing, entertaining, exciting and funny podcast on West Ham. So stay with us, won't you? And we'll start with the Wolves reaction next. West Ham United 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. James, Sunday afternoon at London Stadium. I was feeling very apprehensive about this game. I think the performances in the build-up to it were meh, to say the least. Wolves are in form, as you've mentioned already. And it just felt like, well, worrying, scary, whatever the, the words are. You can bang your thesaurus out again if you want. Um, but... Nothing of the sort in the end. Would you suggest, Jonesy, this will be another week where we need the, the detailed cutting-edge analysis and insight from you as you were at the game and I was unfortunate enough to miss it. Um, would you say that we warranted the win? Yeah, 100% we, we deserved the win. Um, scored a couple more, like I said earlier, but I think on the face of it, David Moyes did the right thing by, by tweaking the system, going five at the back. Um, stop Wolves playing at the, the way they want to play. Uh, we pegged them in. It allowed Antonio to have a little bit more support from uh, from Bowen. Um, and yeah, it just it just all seemed to click a little bit better than it has done over the last month as a result. Um, even with you know four hours at, at, at wing back, which was an interesting choice. Uh, I thought he played very well. <laughs> I mean, he's got the work rate for it, let's put it that way. But mm. um, yeah, Lanzini was. You know, just, just putting the strings in midfield, which allowed then Suchek to get forward. Obviously, he got his goal. We've not seen a lot of Suchek in the box of me this season, but you know, right. that allowed him to get into the box a little bit more. Uh, Deccan Master was his usual self. Kurt Zuma was immense. Definitely mm. his best game in a West Ham shirt so far. Um, ben Johnson was good as well. So Nice to see him back. I was yeah. confused the other week when Fredericks was in instead of him and he yeah. didn't get a shot. Um, watched an yeah. interview of Johnson in the week. Comes across really well. Obviously likes being at West Ham and yeah, still like to see his development carry on. But sorry, Jonesy, as you were. But yeah, no, it's just every single player put a shift in. Every single player was was brilliant. Um, the, the standout for me, though, was Antonio. Just looked a lot hungrier than he has done over the last, what, six weeks. Mm. Uh, and I think it's, it's as a result of him having a little bit more support going forward. Um, you know, it, it was just fa- just far better, far better. So, Jonesy, then before we go on to Antonio as an individual, do you think because we've sort of been almost flippantly saying, "Oh, it's just because they're tired," the squad wasn't improved enough. Da da da. Was the performance against Wolves perhaps proof or suggestion of the fact that you know what? Maybe it was Moyes' system that was getting a bit stale and a bit tired and teams knew what to expect from West Ham and we were easier to prepare against. And then, you know, you change it up a little bit and take someone by surprise. 
Uh, and all of a sudden that makes the players look fresher because there's spaces in different places and the opposition don't know what they're up against. So the players have got a smidgen more time as the opposition are trying to catch up with you rather than knowing what to expect. Is it that or because if not, where where did this extra energy and where did this performance come from if the players are still as tired as we and lots of other people have been saying? I think there's an element of truth to that. I still think there there are a number of players. I'm very insightful and observant, you know. Of course, mate. Of course, yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't expect anything less from you, mate. Um, No, I think I I definitely think there's some truth in it. But then I still believe that there are there are players in that squad that are in desperate need of a break. Um, Antonio being being main one, uh, Suchek probably being the other. But um, yeah, I think the problem we problem we've had is that Moyes doesn't really change his system. That it caught everyone off guard at the weekend because he doesn't normally do that. No, true. Um, he did right at the beginning when he first came back. He he did sort of game by game have a little play around. But I think that may have been him just trying to find the best system for the squad of players he, he'd got. Mm. Um, he caught everyone off by surprise. Quite clearly caught Wolves, Wolves off guard because mm. they didn't really know how to deal with us, particularly for the first hour or so. Um, but yeah, it, it, it probably did give give them a little bit more energy just knowing that within the first couple of minutes they knew they had they had Wolves rocked a little bit Wolves really didn't know what to do they were you know pressing really well or boxing them in in their own half and forcing on um, uh, un, um, errors misplaced passes they were you know boxing in the midfield and it just it just felt like the system suited suited them a lot mm. better um, regardless what, West, of whether West Ham rather than the opposition yeah, it suited us a lot better. Uh, it, it's not going to suit us every game. No. It depends on who you come up against. But Moy's got it absolutely bang on. And I think that then just, it just gave them that that energy knowing that, you know, they got one up on Wolves. They know that, you know, keep going at them and then they'll, and they'll, they'll break. And eventually it took an hour to do it. But they had plenty of chances, more chances than I can remember us having in one game for a good while. Um, and it was just, yeah, yeah, mate. I still think that a lot of them are tired. But Antonio, for example, him knowing that he's got Bowen closer to him mm. would have been a massive help for his, um, just mentally. Just yeah, going, rather than just like, just going, he knows he's, he's just got someone with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His own, yeah. Um, but then, you know, Lanzini was, like, positionally was, was perfect, suited his style a lot better. He was out to pull the strings a little bit more. Um, and it all just it all just fell into place really. And I think once when you have moments like that, I think players are just naturally a lot more buoyant mm. about what's going on on the pitch. Um, See, so yeah, I, th- I still think a couple of them need a rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, mate. It's a, it's a huge win, isn't it? Thomas Suchek, you mentioned him already. He scored a goal on his birthday after a nice little move down the left. Actually, a little bit of um, dance through, a couple of little passes down some. Some tight space on the left-hand side. Ball across. Uh, Suchek's there to stab it in. Mentioned that he's one of those who's looked sort of a shadow of his former self. I think the running stats are still there. Perhaps he's been a little bit of a victim of Declan Rice's desire to develop his attacking game and get forward more. So to probably keep him happy, I think there's been very much uh, from Moyes, let Declan do the -the box-to-box stuff, which... In a strange way, I know he wants to improve that side of his game to be an all-round midfielder, Stephen Gerrard-esque, or whatever he wants to be. Um, but in a strange way, I think we've suffered because Suchek was so effective, wasn't he, going forward, um, particularly last season. 
but him getting on the score sheet on his birthday as well, pointed out to his granddad in in the crowd who'd come over to watch him play because he wasn't able to during COVID. All very wholesome, lovely stuff. That still back Suchek, of course, um, as a bloke and undoubtedly professional enough to always put a shift in and earn his money that way. But he he hasn't been as as sort of well just effective basically as he was last season, is he? But um, nice to see him pop up with one and such a crucial goal. Yeah, I think his season's been as a result of a, a mixture of things, tiredness, as we've already said. Um, you know, the, the the slight switching roles, particularly at the beginning of the season between him and Dick and Rice, will have affected him. Um, and just, I just think like with the the system, sometimes hasn't really benefited him as, as well as it did last year. Um, you did allude to it earlier, with some other teams would have. Uh, would have got used to the way we play and would have sort of worked out ways in which to nullify Suchek's threat. Yeah. Um, but at the weekend, he, he got into the box a lot more. He was allowed to push forward because of the system, because of the formation. He was allowed to push forward a little bit more and leave Rice to to, to hold back. Um, and it, there, was, there were times when both of them pushed forward and Lanzini held off a little bit. Um, so... It was good to see him. I think he needed a goal just a bit, for a bit of confidence, I think. Yeah, just to give um, him a bit of a boost. And, and Moyes did come out after and go, look, even Suchek knows he's not been not been his best hmm. recently. Um, so may, maybe that's <laughs> that's the goal. That's the moment that kind of kickstarts him for the rest of the season. Yeah. Getting him in the box a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's good to see him back on the score sheet because just love his smile. What a wonderful smile. <laughs> if nothing else, just for that. Um, yeah, fair play to Suchek. Um, that five at the back system, Jonesy, you've obviously got to remember that Moyes had success with that during his first spell at the club as well. And it did work um, at times. You mentioned four nails playing wing back there. It was a bit of a damning indictment for um, poor old King Arthur, who's uh, it's sort of fair to say his time at, at West Ham is probably, probably up now. It just seems his level's not quite what it needs to be. Uh, Declan Rice did hit the post as well, didn't he? We mentioned about him wanting to be a Gerrard-esque player then. Um, is it one of those where you felt like, obviously, that chance in particular, you think it could have been more or do you think 1-0 was, was pretty reasonable? No, it could have been more. Um, Antonio had a chance in the first half, which Saar saved. Uh, he was very good, by the way. Jo- Jose Saar. Jose Saar, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was very, very good for them. If it wasn't for them, it wasn't for him, it could have been more. Um, he just commanded the box really well, cut out mm. crosses. Uh, so we had our chances. He saved from Antonio on the first half. Um, see Rice at the post. The the problem we did have was that when we did get into the final third, the decision making still wasn't quite up to scratch. Mm. There's a couple of couple of opportunities where Rice had the opportunity to break the line with a with a pass, and he's got the passing ability to do it, but mm. either delayed it for too long, um, or decided to go somewhere else or, or play it backwards. Um, and Johnson as well was a couple of times where he could have got a cross in a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's really kind of nitpicking for the sake of it, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> decision-making in the final third needs to be better. It's needed to be better for most of the season, to be honest. Yeah, true. Um, so that's still well, something certainly to the work latter, on. Like the, this, sort of the last sort of month or yeah. two, it's been particularly bad at the turn of the year, isn't it? Yeah, so you know, that's something they still need to work on. But... Um, you know, a combination of that, Jose Saar being pretty good in goal and yeah. um, just a little bit of bad luck by hitting the post, you know, kind of contributed to only getting the one, but it's only, it's only the one that matters really, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, I just think one of those, just a huge win. It's just nice to, we needed that, especially with the, the performance that come with it. The performance was as important, but, you know, not as important because you rather have the points always. But after the last few, we've had not too good. And uh, David Moyes, Josie, fairly complimentary of the players after the game. You mentioned it off air that he can at times, can't he, Moisey? Even if we've won, he's still sort of, can come across a little bit curmudgeonly and a little bit grumpy about one or two things that he calls people out on or the team or whatever. Uh, but this time, all pretty sweetness and light. Yeah, he was just really complimentary of the team. You know, said he was really, really, really pleased with, with the performance, with the result. And um, kind of half expecting him to find something to have a little bit of a moan about, which I don't mind in him, actually, because nah. it, it shows that he's demanding higher standards all the time. And, you know, I quite, like, I quite like that about him. But this time it was, you know, he's just happy with the performance. I think, I think it's because if you compare that to performances of the last month, you, know, you, yeah. you can't really ever moan about anything because it was a lot better. Mm. Um and you yeah. can see after the game, he was punching the air to the fans. Yeah, he looked he looked delighted after the game, didn't yeah. he? Like really yeah. thrilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's sometimes after we've won, he he, he looks really annoyed about. It. Still, like even before he's done his uh, post match presser, he's yeah, he's clapping the right. fans, but he's not smiling. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you rare you, you only ever see him celebrate a win like that after a big win in his yeah. eyes. Um, and I think he, it felt like that. He clearly saw that as a real big win for us, and it was. Yeah. But for him to see it like that as well and be pleased with the performance um, speaks volumes in my book. So, yeah, he's happy. We're happy. Yeah. So, good. What more is there to say, mate, eh? That's it. What more is there to say? Happy days. Um, happy days indeed, Jonesy. West Ham then fifth in the Premier League. And I just think, like I say, because the opponent, it just keeps us in the mix for those positions now. Uh, I do would have been big time worried if we'd have been beaten by Wolves. So getting those points on the board is huge. Obviously, um, a less than ideal game. Coming up next in the league, away to Liverpool, Saturday night, 5th of March, half past five, kick-off at Anfield. Um, but before all that, we have got Southampton away uh, in the FA Cup fifth round. And to talk us through that, uh, from a Saints point of view, is James Beavis, sports journalist and big Southampton fan, next. <laughs> Delighted to say that joining us again on the We Are West Ham podcast is sports journalist and massive Saints fan James Beavis to look ahead to that FA Cup game at St Mary's Wednesday night, 7.30 in the fifth round, West Ham v Southampton. James, great to have you on the show once again. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of the game and, and your cup run so far and all that sort of thing, uh, how do you feel your season's going at the moment? Utterly baffling as an outsider. Southampton just seem to, there doesn't seem to be anywhere in between. They're either massive crisis, hasn't Hootel needs to be sacked because he's inept and doesn't know what he's doing and you're definitely going down or there's no in between of mediocrity. It's that or, oh, we're probably going to get in the Europa League. Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty nicely. There. I think when I came on this, I think it's back in September, wasn't it? I was pretty negative I think we we hadn't won a game so far in the season um, and things have certainly changed especially the last two months or so I'd say um, probably since maybe since that West Ham game on, on Boxing Day actually um, yeah of course yeah we've we've been just been much improved um, I think uh, you, you're not sort of far wrong really I mean I think 2021 as, as a calendar year we were I think either the third or fourth best team 
um, across the whole <laughs> Premier League. It's crazy, then, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, no, 2020. Sorry, that was 2021 yeah, yeah. last year. We were probably third or fourth bottom of the over the calendar year. So, yeah, it is. You're right. It's just, it seems to be just ups and downs, but we're certainly on a big up at the moment. Um, mm. And, you know, a lot of that is down to maybe sort of the, the bigger squads that, that we've got now. We seem to have some quality players that can come in. Um, in most positions now, which maybe we haven't really had before. Obviously, the, the young players that we've brought in have pretty much hit the ground running as well, as I'm sure we'll talk about at some point during yeah, this. Sure. But um, yeah, it's just things are just going right. We've got sort of settled starting 11 at the moment. Everyone seems to know their roles and they're playing mm. it really well at the moment. We've got momentum. Um, we've got really good confidence just throughout the squad at the moment as well. So yeah, we're we're in a good place right now. Um, but I guess knowing sort of life under Hassan Hill, there'll be a, a big downer at, at some point soon as well. Well, that, that's what that's what I was going to ask because I'm not sure. I, I I can't really figure out whether Southampton are and should be like the poster boys for long term faith in a manager. Um, I mean, I I I flip from thinking Hassan Hootel's absolutely brilliant and wonderful for the Premier League to completely sort of just apathetic towards him just thinking he doesn't bring much when he's like pumping his chest and crying when you beat Tottenham the other week I'm like what a bloke like what a man to be leading your club like phenomenal stuff um and then sometimes especially when you're bad I'm just like he obviously is a dinosaur he doesn't know what he's doing it's so like how what you mentioned the big squad there but what what is it is it a good thing that you've stuck with him for so long because it's quite unusual isn't it to see a manager peak and trough like he does and kind of just ride it all out. The, the the tendency of pro clubs these days is to just sack people as soon as it's going bad. Is it just Southampton an example that ultimately football clubs go up and down slightly, particularly ones with budgets a similar sort of size to, to West Ham and Southampton's, um, obviously outside that top six bracket or whatever. Uh, do you sort of, were you ever calling for him to go or how do, how do you view him? I mean, you sort of you hit the nail on the head there a little bit because of his sort of how emotional he is. I think the fans have like really taken to him. And so it's probably a little bit of a similar situation to Bielsa at Leeds as well. I guess Klopp at Liverpool. He is very likeable. And I think at times it's probably saved him. I guess the second 9-0 was when <laughs> began to sort of, you know, um, have their doubts, me included. Because, you know, even though you go down to 10 men after, I don't know, it was just over a minute, wasn't it? You mm. know, you then that's the point where, you know, you put, you know, a defender on, an extra midfielder on, take a striker off, which he didn't do actually on the day. But, you know, uh, but what I will say is that I think he's learned a lot of lessons, um, especially after those two nine nails, especially after sort of the, the real sort of lows that we hit last year, mm. 2021. He's learned a lot. We're a lot sort of tactically more, or he's, sorry, a lot more tactically aware now. Um, we've got a lot of different systems we use where it used to be sort of primarily the 4-2-2-2. He, we're very sort of easily adaptable now. Um, and we can sort the players are comfortable quickly switching to different formations. It's definitely made a big difference. But yeah, he's certainly, he's a lot more savvy now than he was. I, I know it took yeah, quite a bit a more flexible he, almost. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I know it, it did take quite a while. He's sort of, sort of three and a half years into his reign now. But it was definitely a good idea to stick with him. When it comes to Southampton Football Club, we're not going to get better than Hassan. We've got to remember that he came yeah. from 
a Champions League team, a team that finished second in the Bundesliga. Um, it has taken him a while to to get his ideas across, and it's you know probably partly down to the the quality of the squads because again we've got to remember that before Hasnut came, we were basically had two three years where we were you know surviving just yeah, in the yeah. League. so yeah, of course. And he hasn't really been able to strengthen and pay big money for, for players as well. But as I said, I have mentioned him adapting as well. And one of the big things, I think, sort of early, uh, his early days at the club, he, he always sort of said, oh, I like to work with a smaller squad. Um, but I think he sort of soon realised that maybe that wasn't the best idea. Um, and basically his big aim last summer was, was to strengthen the squad and have a big enough squad to work with because the style of football... Um, you know, you can't you can't have a squad of eighteen players and play that style of football. I guess mm. again, sort of picking up on Leeds, maybe a club that have realised that this year. But yeah, we've got that big squad now. We've got a lot of quality. We've got it's, it's quality in depth as well. So there's players that are sort of waiting in the wings that are really pushing the people in the starting eleven to, yeah, to yeah. better as well. Um, it's just all sort of coming together. Obviously, we had the takeover at the start of January as well, which is seems to have added like a bit of extra sort of spice and so for those um, who don't know james who was that sort yeah. of took over so a man called dragan salak so it sort of came a bit out of the blue with the name of, that is of, by the way oh yeah yeah um so there's been a lot of talk about sort of um takeovers in the background for a long time with us um so our previous owner gal was he basically, well, he took over yeah, a few years ago now, but he basically didn't put any of his own money in. So the right, club right. was sort of forced to spend, you know, whatever they bought in. Um, but yeah, the, the takeover finally happened. It's, it all happened very quickly, actually, at the start of January. Um, it's gone for him. There just seems to be sort of an extra sort of bounce and um, I'll just get yeah, momentum, I guess, around the club since then. I don't think it's any surprise that the results on the pitch have been just, just really improved probably since that day. Um, mm. Yeah, it's all coming together right now. Probably not a good time for, for West Ham to be playing us. No, well, absolutely not. I mean, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, yeah on. I mean, you're ninth in the league now. If you win your game in hand, uh, you only be seven points behind us. Um, you know, and with the, the games left to play, it's sort of a club quietly going around their business on the up. Uh, move on to that FA Cup game this Wednesday night. Then St Mary's. What was your um, what was your sort of initial reaction um, when you you saw the draw come out? We'd obviously beaten or just about struggled to beat uh, Kidderminster Harriers. You beat Coventry two one in the previous round and won three two away at Swansea with ten men uh, yeah. in the third round. The how did you react then um, after uh, say beating Coventry the last round when West Ham at home came out ahead? Happy of a home draw. Um, not so much for, for getting West Ham because, you know, we know what a solid Premier League team West Ham are under Moyes now. So, yeah, happy with the home tie because, um, you know, we're unbeaten in, in 11 home matches in all competitions now. Um, one defeat in 13 Premier League games this season. So, I mean, again, we, we talked about Hassan Hill before. I mean, our home form was one of our real weaknesses sort of under the, his sort of early reign and in a complete turnaround this season. It's a real, like St Mary's is a fortress now. Um, so, yeah, definitely happy with a home tie. Not so pleased with West Ham because, as I said, we know West Ham are a solid Premier League team. We could have got a better draw probably with some of the other clubs. But I think it would be a good game, actually. Um, mm. West Ham flying high. 
but yeah, we're we're in good form ourselves, so it should be a good match. Saying all of that, I guess the the last two games between us have been nil nil, so yeah. hopefully it's a little bit more exciting than that. Yeah, that's that is true, mate. It's true. So what do you expect, sort of um, star wise, a bit, but more like how's Hassan Hootel going to approach the game? Is it like a, a high priority? What's what sort of squad do you expect or team do you expect him to put out strength wise? It's a tough one, really, because we've got so we've got Villa on Saturday. Um, and it's hard to know whether he's going to sort of prioritise league or cup, to be honest. Mm. From what he's sort of commented before, he's always sort of suggested that the best chance, obviously, of us winning a trophy is to go for the FA Cup. Um, he's named, I think it's two unchanged teams in a row now. Um, I, I would hope that he's going to do the same, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he did bring in maybe two or three players to sort of mix it up a little bit because as I said we've got we have got players sort of pushing for for a, for a place in the 11 people like Jack Stevens um Roman Perro uh Ibrahima Diallo I wouldn't be surprised if those started but also I hope he goes for sort of this 11 that's playing at the moment because it's in such good form um two clean sheets in a row we look like we've got goals in us so yeah I'm hoping he sticks but wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple of changes yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. So, um, as far as the, the style goes, and you mentioned how f- like flexible he's been with his system against a team like West Ham, who, you know, our home form's been the, the sticky point this season. We look good away. I think, I'm not sure, someone will correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe we've still earned more points away from home in the Prem this season than we have at home. Uh, I think that sort of suits our style, that willingness to let the opposition have the ball. Uh, happy to sit back a bit and counter-attack. The form, the performances particularly, have been sticky, is the polite way of saying it, the past uh, four or five fixtures or whatever. Obviously got that um, vital win against Wolves at the weekend. Um, what what sort of style, how do you expect the game to play out um, or hasn't to, to approach it sort of tactically against the Hammers? Yeah, so I think it might be different from the game earlier in the season. I think we sort of, we weren't really on the front foot in that game. Um, I expect it to be a little bit different. I expect us to sort of push like sort of from the very first whistle, basically. That's sort of what we do where, you know, the players will, it's a, it's an intense style. The players will, will do the, do the high press um, hmm. when it's necessary. So, I mean, even though we are doing well at the moment, there's definitely times when we can be caught on the counter for sure, because, you know, the, the centre-backs are told to push right up. Um, obviously, we saw the the Salisu red card against. I'm forgetting who it was now, but it is basically from him sort of pushing right up. Um, I think it was Spurs actually, wasn't it? He mm. sort of pushed right up on the halfway line um, and got a booking, and then I think he took down Son in the first half after that and, and got a red card. So the, yeah, the, the centre backs are certainly told to to press up high. So there is going to be a chance probably to counter attack us, and if you've got enough, if you've got enough quality. Um, with those sort of attacking players, there's, there's definitely goals to be had there. I think. Um, yeah. We've definitely got a bit lucky against Norwich and Everton in the last two games on a couple of occasions where, you know, that their finishing sort of kept us. Um, yeah, sort of kept the clean sheet there. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be a little bit more on the front foot than I think we were probably for the, the previous game at St Mary's. Um, I guess maybe more like the, the away game on Boxing Day. I, I expect us to sort of come out. Um, yeah, quite strongly because that's what we've been doing at home this year and it's, it's, it's worked pretty well. So I don't really see why there would be a change there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those when you sort of, 
when the draw was first made from a West Ham perspective, I think everyone's like, okay, that could have been worse. I think that's just that. As long as you avoid the huge teams, you sort of think, oh, that, that's not so bad. But the closer it's come to the game, more people are sort of sitting up and noticing your form. I think there's a real thing among West Ham fans that go, we'll do well to get through this. This could be a, a big style banana skin. Um, and I think the, you know, from a squad point of view, David Moyes, we've just been drawn against Sevilla in the Europa League. I mean, I'm absolutely so excited for the game. I know so many fans are against such a big team, having not got, well, we haven't even got to the group stage of Europa League before this season, let alone a knockout stage against uh, a team with such a pedigree in Europe, this tournament in particular. With that coming up, we're still like, even though we've been off the last few weeks, we're still like floating around there in the league. We're certainly in the running for another Europa League spot again. The top four, I'd never really bought into that anyway, but we're still in the, the fight for that top. Um, six places so I get the impression that David Moyes genuinely like he's, we haven't got a big squad anyway so there's not loads of room for for resting players but uh, I, it, it's, it's certainly going to be the third not the third um, priority of the season for us however you said that about the League Cup we beat Man City at home and lost in that competition for five years went to Old Trafford and won for the first time for 14 no 15 years it was um, and then we're unlucky to lose away to Tottenham. We got a load of stinker draws and had a good run in that. And Moyes still played fairly strong teams because he's got no choice. And which I think fans like, he does take the competitions, all of them that we're in seriously. So it's certainly not going to be a under-19s West Ham team that goes out. Um, I would imagine there'll be one or two changes, but he's fairly limited with, with where he can change anyway. And most of the players by Yarmolenko, who's not even involved at the moment because of the Ukraine stuff, are there or thereabouts first 11 quality anyway. So, uh, yeah, I'm just shaping up to be a good game for sure. James, it's been brilliant having you on the show again. We appreciate you giving us your time as always. Uh, just before we let you go then, that game Wednesday night at St Mary's. Uh, West Ham United v Southampton in the fifth round of the FA Cup. What's your score prediction? Yeah, I just I think from you know I am confident because of you know how well we're playing at the moment. Of my sort of viewing of West Ham is that they seem a bit, I don't know, just in a bit of a sort of tired sort of moment. I might be wrong, but I, I'm going to say I'm going to say one nil Saints. I think it'll be close as, again as usual, but I think we might just nick it. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to go two all. I think I just extra time I reckon, and then yeah. anyone's so be, really. Yeah, to Would, be fair, our last our last two rounds have gone to extra time, so that wouldn't yeah, be a shot. Yeah. yeah, no, I just think if we can get anything, it's just like we're looking a bit, we're looking slightly better in front of goal. Um, not great, still a little bit sort of sluggish going forward, but as long as we can stay tight at the back, which I think we're be all right. Another low scorer, maybe one up two, or might have been a bit ambitious. Maybe we'll switch it to one up. But look, James, it's been brilliant having you on sports journalist and big Saints fan James Beavis joining us on the We Are West Ham podcast. So look ahead to that FA Cup game at Southampton on Wednesday. James, brilliant to have you join us. Thanks very much, and stay with us because we'll have our second opposition view of the show ahead of that Liverpool game this weekend next. Okay, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by a good friend of mine, uh, a good friend of the show as well, Steve Hoare from Red Men TV, to talk to us ahead of Saturday's game at Anfield, 5.30 kickoff on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Steve, firstly, congratulations on winning a record ninth League Cup. Um, 
seem to be racking them up a little bit. And I'm going to ask you now, and I want you to speak on behalf of the entire Liverpool fan base and probably probably the club as well. Can you give West Ham the assist for your trophy win? Because we're not, <laughs> we, we, we knocked United out. Uh, we beat City um, on penalties at London Stadium. OK, we didn't beat Spurs, but for me, that's an assist for West Ham, surely. Yeah, it does a favour. I mean, Man United, not so much, but definitely Manchester City. It's been, it's been their competition for a while. So I'm, I remember, actually, I was in the studio. I can't remember what game it was, what rounds. But I was in, I think, in the studio when I found out that that game was happening, I think. So, yeah, just turned over and saw the, watched the penalty shootout live. And as soon as that happened, it was like, oh, well, because they have owned this competition. So, yeah, credit to the thanks for you guys. It was a little favour, but... Yeah, listen, mate, winning silver will never get boring. Like, again, in terms of list of priorities for everyone, it's all, again, for us, it was fourth choice. But, you know, tell us that when we're watching a, the, our goalkeepers take penalties on Sunday, it didn't feel like that at all. It was a, it felt like, it felt like a huge, huge moment and a huge relief. And like I say, winning breeds winning. Um, it was Jürgen's first domestic cup as well, obviously, in terms of our cup record in general. It hasn't been great in the domestic stuff. Um, obviously, fantastic in Europe, and we've been but we haven't really got anywhere. And I think it's first season we got to a League Cup final, um, but since then, really, we had one other semi-final, but it hasn't been good enough. Um, obviously, plays in this week, so we've got the FA Cup this week at time recording. So, yeah, it, there's a lot. Liverpool got the chance, as it stands, to have one of the greatest seasons in this club's entire history. And that started, that started because of Kepa putting his penalty on the moon on Sunday. Like that, That's how fine the margins it can be sometimes, but... Yeah, man. Listen, it was it's 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 never never a bad thing to uh, to be in finals. Often it means you're doing something right. Definitely. Do you think that because I know Pep at City sees it this way is that by winning this competition, it gives you a bit of a psychological advantage in the in the title race in particular, but for the rest of the season as well. It breeds confidence, and also what it's done, JJ. It's 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 given a lot of minutes to lads who otherwise wouldn't have had them. That sometimes happens when if you got the cups early, you've got. Arigi, Minamino, maybe Oxley chamberlain Shimakash, who just can't get games. And then all of a sudden, you need to throw them into a big game. And, and they're undercooked, at least now. Like, they've all had lots and lots of minutes. They've contributed to a, a Liverpool trophy as well. So, everyone should be feeling confident. Like I say, Mo Salah put on his Instagram, I think he just wrote one down and then a couple of dots. Like, uh, Trent done, um, you know, one of four on his social. So, they all know it. It's just a starting point. But listen... Um, Liverpool are in really good form. If you, you know momentum and all that kind of stuff, just rolling through game and game. If that ends on Sunday with a final defeat, you know it, it could be like putting a pin in the balloon, you know, letting the air out a little bit. So the fact that they went and got to, got over the line again by the barest of bare margins, you know, a, a final going to the twenty second penalty kick, but that that they won't care about that. They'll just look down and look at the medals and look at the pictures of them with the trophy. So that that's the hope is that it is like a. Just another little reminder and a little a little morale boost. That's the good thing about the League Cup. You can get it done in February and it, it can be like, you know, it can be like jump start in your season. Almost like you had those little bolts of electricity going go and finish the job. And listen, it's done Man City no harm winning, has it? Before the last four years they've been there or thereabouts in the title race every time. So yeah, my hope is it gives everyone confidence going into what's gonna be a crazy running because there's so many games and so many competitions we're still in. Mm, talking talking of your form, uh, I make it thirteen unbeaten in all comps. Uh, since you'd lost to Leicester at the end of December, it was just going into the new year, wasn't it? Um, at one point, City were f- around about 15 or 16 points clear, and it's now just six, and Liverpool have got that game in hand, and you still got to play City. Uh, you took there about momentum, um, one one down, three more to go. Is, is do, do Liverpool fans see the title race as being theirs to lose now? 
No, not really. I, I think I think I think we were definitely in it. I think that we we were. I said we drew with Chelsea just around that time as well, um, and I thought that was it. I thought it was game over. Yeah. I thought the gap was going to be too big, but then obviously we've been in incredible form. I didn't. I said that partly because I didn't think we were going to go through January winning every game. We were mm. losing. You know, we were losing our best player, and obviously Sadio Mane, another important player. Naby Keita goes as well. We have injuries. We have all at that point. That was when the COVID stuff was still very much kicking off. So we have games where we go to Spurs with you know a teenager who's hardly ever played for us, incentive things like that. So it was around there where I thought, you know, Liverpool aren't going to—they're going to lose. They're going to slip up somewhere. We're going to lose a game here or there or something about around this period. But we never um, added to that, obviously. City slipping up against Southampton recently, and then getting beat by Spurs as well. So, if anything, what it it feels almost flip reverse of when uh, of seven of oh, sorry eighteen nineteen because it was the same for us. We had a big gap, um, but there were game runs that City had, and then we had a wobble, including against West Ham. We had a little wobble against Leicester, and then before you know it, City are level and they've gone one point ahead, and they and then they just win every game and we can't catch them. Mm. So, what we're hoping is that. We've had our wobble already and we had it pre-Christmas. And if this is going to be cities, I'm looking at how they played against Everton as well. You know, to get one of the worst refereeing decisions of, of all time. Helps mm. them out. So if they're going to be in a bit of a dip of form and we're going to be on the way up, that's the key. But I don't think it's ours to lose, but I think everyone acknowledges we're in it. And it's probably going to, we're probably going to be in it right through till April. And, and then it'll just be like that game against City in April could be the title decider. We don't know. But I think... I think there's actually more confidence. I think a lot of people think more about the Champions League and the FA Cup that that could be us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's too much respect for Manchester City to say, yeah, oh, no, we've got this is in the bag. But with, listen, JJ, if you'd have said to me, and again, when that draw last time for Bridge, if you'd have said Liverpool are going to be in the title race, you know, three points behind Manchester City or whatever, come come early, early March, late February, then my God, I'd have bit your hand off. So. Positive, positive vibes over there in the northwest level. Yeah, you mentioned there about um, uh, January and a bit of February losing. You know, particularly two of your two of your key players. Kind of your your notorious front three was completely broken up. Brought in Louis Diaz in, in January uh, last week. Moyes come out and said that he tried to sign Louis Diaz, but Liverpool came in and, and nicked him. Um, and obviously, everyone knows that Spurs are trying to get him as well. Yeah. Um, firstly, what have you made of him so far? Because I'm now intrigued. I'm like, of course, surely we weren't trying to sign him. Uh, and secondly, do you think that that reduces Liverpool's appetite for Bowen? Because everyone knows that Klopp, Klopp's a fan of him. Uh, and I'm hoping you say yes, because we don't want to lose him. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, because Lewis Diaz, by the way, you've missed out on one name. He's brilliant. Just like, He is absolutely, he is unbelievable. He, he hasn't completely shown it on the statue, but he has got his goal. He got his goal against Norwich. But yeah. he is electric. He's one of those fellas, it's very, it's very hard, to, and Gareth Bale did this a couple of times, like, to be faster with the ball than the guy who hasn't got the ball chasing you. He is, he, if you, anyone who's watched the League Cup final the weekend, uh, Chalabar, Asper, he, he just smokes them. He is electric, so, yeah, he's a world. He, in terms of the ball and stuff, the only way that comes back is if Mane or Salah go in the summer, probably. Um, Obviously, Salah's got this contracting that's wrangling on. Mane's in a similar boat as well. Liverpool could decide to keep both of them. What they one of those might choose to leave if that happens, then I actually think Bowen would be very, very high on the one list. But as it stands right now, it's, it's off the agenda because we've got we've got six. We've got Mane, Salah, Firmino, Jota, Diaz, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
how, and then around that is your Minamino and your, your, your Origi's and obviously whoever else. I don't think we would go for one more. I'd be shocked if he did. There's probably just not enough games to, to get them all in. Only three of them play every week anyway. So I don't see it. But I, I, I know for a fact I, they, they really like Jared Bowen. Like he, he's, he's very high on their, on their list. I think what happened is the Luis Diaz thing presented itself because it became available. Porto needed the money. Spurs put a lot of the groundwork in and it was a, became apparent the the fee isn't what he thought it was. It's actually way less. And Liverpool have got sound. We're, we're happy to pay that right now. That's not a problem. We'll have him. Um, but yeah, I think that basically we just, again, West Ham and Spurs might have done all the, the work and Liverpool have, I don't know, shot in at the last moment and just took him out. But yeah, he's brilliant. So to answer your question, he's really good. I, w- I would never rule out the Bowen stuff. At some point, Liverpool, I think, will try and sign Jared Bowen. Whether yep. it's, this, it's whether he's whether he's still at West Ham or he's moved on by then because someone else might have been in there first. But I know for a fact he really really like him. So I don't think I don't think it'll be this summer because my expectation expectation is that Salah signs, Mane stays. But if one of them go, then I, I think it's more than possible, more than a possibility. Just you mentioned there that you think Salah will sign. Do, is that like have you heard something that? Suggest that he will because that is a contract. It's very quickly becoming a contract saga, isn't it? It already is, and it might be coming. Very much. I say that just based on it's hard to find out how it doesn't happen. It's hard to see where he goes. Surely you pay him what he wants, right? He's, he's, he's done enough to earn it. Yeah. And at some point, there's a figure where even the pool go, we have to. We have, he's the best player on the planet. We have to pay him. Um, that's my confidence in it. Again. It doesn't seem like he's desperate to leave. I think he just wants paid what he thinks he's in and things like that. So, it, unlike recent times when we've lost big players, Coutinho's and Suarez's and stuff like that, it was always to go a step up. Now, as it stands, where are you going? That's a huge step up. Um, and can they afford him? So, Real Madrid, they're about to get Kylian Mbappe. So, are they also going to go and get Mohamed Salah? Maybe. That leaves a space maybe in Paris for him if he fancies going to Paris. That's one option. And they will pay him and they will have a transfer fee. But, Mm-hmm. It isn't like the seven, eight, nine, ten clubs you can come in and go, here's Mo Salah. Now, listen, if it goes a year on and he's on a free, then obviously then, then it becomes an issue. But then that we've still got another year and a half of Mo Salah to try and sort it out. So I just can't think, I can't see in any world where the, these people, Jürgen and the business, just find, let Mo Salah go. Unless he comes to me and says, I want to leave, I am mm-hmm. not, you can't, there isn't a figure alive that you can pay me where I'm staying. And listen, we've had players do that before. I, not Michael Owen did it, like Steve McManaman did it. He got, they got a sniff of Real Madrid and they were like, no, we're just not signing. So you, it sells now in the Owen case, or he was me on a free like next year, or McManaman just went on a free. If it got to that point, then maybe, yeah, but there's no signs that Mo Salah looks like he wants to go anywhere. Listen, why would he want to? He's, he's playing the best football of his career. He's mm-hmm. the best player on the planet, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. it, you, you mentioned it's becoming a saga. I mean, it is a saga. Every time on our shows, like, any comments, any questions? Have you got anything you want to talk about? It's always Mo Salah's contract, Mo Salah's contract. We have Jano Insights with the Neil Jones and Liverpool reporter every week. And every week it's any updates on Salah, any updates on Salah. It isn't going away. People are anxious about it because we've been burned before, but fingers crossed it gets done. Good stuff. Well, before we look ahead to, to this weekend's game, I just want to look back uh, to our game in November, which we very surprisingly won. Um, I remember when we when we spoke before, Steve, that you know I had absolutely no confidence going into that game, um, and somehow we managed to win it. Um, but one of the big talking points that came out in that game was the uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and his 
ability or inability to defend. And a lot of people going, I think Moyes deliberately exposed him or targeted him, um, and which led to two of our goals, at least out of the three. What did Liverpool fans make of that? Because it seemed to be quite quite loud, even from neutrals going, you know, this game has exposed the fact that Trent isn't a defender. He's a glorified wing back. He's, 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 a, he's a winger. Um what did you make? What did you guys make of that? Because I thought it was it was it was very loud from all corners. Yeah, um, if you ask what's Trent better at going forwards or defending, he's better at going forwards. Of course, that, yeah. He just is. That's that's what he's in the team for. We we ask him to be solid defensive. We're we're, we're not asking for the best defender in the world who can then just go and do a little bit to go forward, like get down the byline and put a cross in. We're not asking for Gary Level. We're not asking. Mm. For, you know, right, most right backs. They were asking for Aaron Wan-Bissaka. You know, he was just defend, he was a defender who sometimes runs forward a little bit. Trent in the team to be the outlet of the attack. So, I think sometimes it's overblown that he gets people. He's out of position. He's actually not out of position. He's where Jürgen wants him to be. He's meant to be up the pitch. But the, but there is an inherent risk in having that, and the risk is there's a ball over the top that can be played. Mm. And someone else, if Trent goes, it's someone else's job to be aware of that. Henderson or the right centre back or whoever it is, Trent will be up the pitch sometimes. He just will. One on one, if you stand up against Trent Alexander and try and beat him, he's very good. Mm. What he's not great at is the, the the ball over his head. Um, he is an amazing. He is an amazing at that. That that is what it's it's a thing in his game. But listen, if Trent might cost us three goals a season, but we score twenty of because of him, you know, it's a net it's a net positive for us. I mean, we'll take that every time we get to plus seventeen. If every single team looks at, we haven't got many weaknesses. There aren't many. There's a high line that you can get in behind if you're good at it, because we're the best team of playing offsides in the league by a country mile. We catch every. I think we're up to 100 now, which is just absurd because we do the high line. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there is that you have to do something, and what it isn't that people try aim for trends. I think it's more the try and avoid Van Dijk. So why would you play over there? Over there. To put towards Verde, towards I think the best defender in the world, or one of them. You might as well go to the other side where, listen, John Matip's great, but he's not Virgil. And Trent, he, he is more often than not going to be up the pitch. And it's Jordan Henderson's job to be back there. Again, he might not always be in position because for every reason. So I don't think, I don't think that this thing that Trent can't defend is nonsense. It just is. He, he can, but there's a, it's this, it's more the system. Every no system's perfect because if there was a perfect system, everyone would be playing it. You guys yeah. are this, like you guys are really strong in midfield, but then there's there might, having Suchek and Rice does that take away from something else? Is there maybe sometimes a lack of creativity? Or you know, every system's got some. Antonio's a really good battering ram and he's a good centre forward, but maybe you lose the the natural finishing ability of like a Jota who we've got. You know, like everything's different. Yeah, and, but that is that if you're going to beat Liverpool. The wait, Chelsea almost did at the weekend. It's third man runs that beat the offside trap and try and get down the flanks. That's where that's where the space will be. Um, and, it, and West Ham did it, and also the, obviously the set piece goal as well. Where we're, we're very strong with the best, we're, we're the best team certainly scoring from set plays, and we're actually quite strong defensively. But West Ham exploited the, uh, the the issue around the goal, and I'd expect it again. They're going to try and pile onto him again and try and get one. So listen, we are not like we're not invincible. Like no 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 football team is unbeatable. You know, Tottenham is going to beat Manchester. No one's unbeatable, but so everyone's got a chink in the arm. And that is again, if West Ham want to beat Liverpool, uh, if I was planning from a West Ham point of view, it would be get a myth, get someone running from midfield deep, try and time the run over the top, and you might get caught offside four times, but the fifth one's on. Like Romelu Lukaku in the final is a hair's breath away from being on side and scoring the winning goal. 
it's a very risky strategy we do. It's risk reward. We do it because we want to be pushed up the pitch because we want to camp everyone into there on half and try and get past us. And the only way out is to go long. That's what mm-hmm. we want to do. But you can get it right. West Ham got it right a couple of times in, in, in around Trent. Chelsea almost got it right. We had, uh, again, if Mason Mount can hit a car's arse with a banjo, again, we might not be sitting here saying with the League Cup winners, we probably lost. So it is risky. We're not unbeatable, but I think it is a bit over overstate. Like just if anyone just if anyone doubts Trent Alexander Arnold, then that's more on them than, than, than me. I think I think he's brilliant. Fair, fair, fair. You mentioned there that Liverpool aren't invincible. Well, you pretty much may as well be against West Ham at Anfield. We've we've only won once there in fifty nine years. That came in twenty fifteen. Yeah, I was there as well. Was yeah, it was horrendous. By the way, uh, for a minute I thought you meant you were there fifty nine years ago. So, but we've only actually ever won at Anfield four times in our entire history. Um, scored 41 goals in 68 visits. And in that time, Liverpool have scored 134 against us at Anfield. So you may as well be invincible against us. But you've already kind of spoken there about how West Ham can, can beat um, can beat Liverpool. But is there any anyone in particular in the West, that West Ham team that you think can cause you guys particular damage? Yeah, Bowen. I think the, those runs that I've been talking about, the out-to-him run, if he can time that uh, right, he'll, he'll get in. He'll, he could get in one-on-one. That's the issue. What Liverpool needs to do is get pressure on the ball, high up the pitch. The high line is, the, is there forever and it'll work, but it only works if you don't give the ball away to stupid areas and then you can be counted on over the top. And if you do give it away, you've got to win it back very, very quickly. So, timing of runs. I'm guessing Bowen will play on the right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then who will be on the left? I'm guessing... Um, I mean, it might be four nows. Um, he might even play Vlasic for for a little bit of pace. I think I, I think Benrahm is still going to be dropped. Yeah, that's the key. Is that like Mason Mount going in a couple of times? Those into if you can time those runs, uh, Antonio again. If he can if he can get one time to perfection, um, that's the key in terms of if you want to get at us in terms of stopping us. Um, I mean, obviously, midfield. Well, your midfield is very strong, though, but we don't really try and play too much through midfield if we can help it. We tend to use the full-backs, again, for the creativity in the team. So, so can someone stop Mo Salah? Can you stop Diaz? Can you stop Mane? That'll be, I'm guessing, Jota is back and available again in there. So, yeah, you, you need, listen, if West Ham are going to come to Anfield and win, you're going to need seven, eight, nine lads to play nine out of tens. Um, and a bit of luck. Maybe, but you say this, maybe, like, or, or you've been talking about those 59 years. This is probably one of the better West Ham sides that are, t- are going to turn up in those 59 years. Some of them have just turned up as cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one year they won, obviously, with, with, it was Pyatt. His goal, we have the red card for Coutinho. That was a good West Ham side as well. I think this one's better. Yeah. That side was competing for the Champions League well, but this is a better, more consistent side. I think that was a very Pyatt central team. Um, this one's a better all round team that we're going to face. You know, there's threats from everywhere. So, Live. We are not banking this one. Like we bank Norwich at home a few weeks ago, and they they gave us a bloody nose for a half or an hour. So no one's. Oh, I don't think anyone's underestimating West Ham. Like it's very much on the agenda. We've again last time recording. We've got the cup game this week, and a lot of the conversation has how strong do you go in the cup because you've got to save legs for West Ham because it's going to be a tough old game. Mm. No one's ever touch wood uh, beating Jurgen Klopp twice in the same season in terms of in the league. Um, a Jürgen Klopp team no, no one's ever done a double against us um, West Ham could be the first to do it this weekend couldn't they so I think we very much acknowledge it if you look at Liverpool's fixtures for the end of the season this is one of the tougher games uh, and I again I don't know what the, the general West Ham feeling is I'm sure you'll tell me but 
there's no no one's overlooking West Ham or underestimating based on that record because it's it's a completely different side, it's a completely different team. I think from a from a West Ham perspective, um, if you'd have asked me that question maybe four days ago, we'd have been absolutely dreading it. But beating Wolves at the weekend, I mean, because our, our form, if, although we've been picking up results, our general performances have been really poor. Quite clear because we've got a, a thin squad. Quite clear the players are absolutely knackered. Um, but against Wolves at the weekend, it was only one nil, but we were far better. We changed the system, went five at the back, um, and we were just far far better going forward, far better off the ball. Um, so there is an element of uh, just a renewed bit of confidence. Not so much that we're going to go to Liverpool and grab a grab all three points, but there's confidence that we can go there and cause a few a few problems um, and maybe come away with something. Um, but yeah, a little bit more confidence from a West Ham camp, and we we desperately need it as well. We're trying to finish that top six again, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Steve, before I let you go, mate, got a prediction. Bear in mind that the last four meetings have been decided by a single goal between these two sides. What, what are you saying? I think it's going to be close to me, Navy. I'm gonna, again, I'm going to be live on our show in the studio watching. I, I, I said two one to Liverpool. It feels like that. It feels like it's going to be a close one because, like you said, every, these two teams seem to play close games. Um, you, you got the one goal win of the all place one one by one for us might be in the maybe even things out I think that might be right but like I am expecting a very difficult game yeah I'm going to go one all I think I'll take the point 100% if we can avoid defeat and if we do lose then by the, by the single goal I think we'd be generally as long as the performance is good I think that's one thing that West Ham fans are, are, are desperate to see more yeah. more than anything but Steve always a pleasure mate really appreciate you coming on um, that was Steve Hoare from the Redmen TV. And next up, we've got Betway Charity Bets. Well, double opposition view there, James Jones. Uh, brilliant to speak to James Beavis for the Southampton opposition view, sports journalist and Saints fan. And then Steve Hoare from Redmen TV as well. Um, for that Liverpool opposition view. Great stuff from both of those guys looking ahead to West Ham's two games this week, first in the FA Cup against Southampton before Liverpool at Anfield at the weekend. Uh, Jonesy, the Betway charity bets after two wins in two weeks for me. Thanks to big Craig Dawson popping up and getting his noggin and his elbow in one case at Leicester on a couple uh, on the end of a couple of crosses. Uh, it's been some brilliant weeks. Uh, for the Betway charity bets. Unfortunately, though, no winners for that Wolves game. But as you've been uh, talking about so sensibly the last few weeks, the run rate is back where we need it to be in order to beat last season's £12,500 raise for the three charities that me, you and Reese Bayliss are playing for. Just a reminder, Betway, give us a £50 charity stake to put on each and every single West Ham Premier League game. Uh, I then am playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. James is playing for the DT38 Foundation. Reese has been playing for Isla's Fight. Um, and any winnings from those bets go towards those charities. So, uh, yeah. Um, any any winners we've had? I've had a couple in the last two weeks. So, it's a serious old lump of money gone to the Bobby Moore Fund, which is great stuff because Betway are matching any winnings at the end of the season. Uh, so we're on about just shy of eight grand so far for this year. Once you add in the bit that Betway are matching, which is uh, brilliant news indeed. Uh, Josie, no winners, but what did, uh, if you've got them in front of you now, what did we go for last week? So you went for under four and a half goals, which is a tick. Both teams to score, which wasn't, and big Craig Dawson to score for the third game running. 
mm. which obviously didn't happen. I think it was a big ask that. Quite unlikely that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reese went both teams to score over two and a half and cut Zoom at the score any time, so nowhere near on, e- on either of those. Yeah. Uh, and I had over eight and a half corners, which I'm not actually sure where that came in, but um, irrelevant, really. Pablo fell now to have one shot on target, which was severely... Um, hampered. Hampered by the fact he was playing wing-back. Um, and then Jared Bowen to score any time, which, I mean, he was probably the quietest out of all of our players. Right. At the weekend, so um, which isn't like him, but yeah, nowhere near, unfortunately. Uh, you did you say you had over eight and a half corners? Yeah, there were eight corners in the game. So, see, that, I'm that actually glad one to stick on. I'm glad that I lost on all three. Then, to be honest, because that would have really hurt. Given I haven't won. Yeah, <laughs> half a corner <laughs> that would have absolutely stunk. But um, yeah, fair enough, mate. Uh, and the Liverpool game then at the weekend, um, I have gone for both teams to score, Jared Bowen to score any time and Mo Salah to score any time. I can already hear the commentators now going, oh, Liverpool been linked with Jared Bowen uh, and he's come and shown them what they'd be getting here at Anfield. So as he scores in front of the cup to get a solitary consolation for West Ham, at the end of this 5-1 drubbing. <laughs> and yeah, back Salah because he just loves to go against West Ham. Not that West Ham are exclusive in that group. Um, he loves to go against anyone. But yeah, can't. I always feel a little bit... When I feel like we're definitely going to lose games, obviously I never out-and-out back West Ham to lose, particularly at Anfield because the odds aren't going to be great. But um, yeah, just sort of went a little bit cagey with that one, especially if I've had a couple of good weeks. Just uh, if I can just keep it ticking over, even with a few hundred, that wouldn't be too bad. Over two and a half goals. There's always goals in there. Uh, over ten and a half corners. And Pablo four hours any time. I mean, hopefully he doesn't play wing back again. I doubt he will. Well, that's the thing, um, mate. But he just loves a goal against Liverpool. I think he's got three, three and five appearances against Liverpool, and two of those come at Anfield. Um, so for me, it's a no-brainer that Pablo four hours is is in. Yeah. Um, and then Reese has gone West Ham to have over four and a half corners, over three and a half goals in the game, and Antonio any time. Definitely due one, isn't he? That is, honestly. Well, I mean, he did come close, didn't he? They come closest for weeks in that effort he had against um, against Wolves, where he sort of got, it was in a tight angle, a bit of a toe poke, and, and Jose Sarr made a good save. I was like, blimey, closest come for scoring for, for months on end. But um, yeah, I'd, okay, I'd, I'd sort of, Reese's bet seems to have got a bit erratic the last few weeks. Been a while since he won one. Um, but fair play. Just a reminder that you can back these bets for real if you so wish on the Betway website and app. Uh, just go to the game in question. This week, of course, it'll be West Ham Liverpool. Uh, these bets will be live towards the end of the week. Find West Ham v Liverpool. Go to pre built bets. Uh, scroll down, you'll find the We Are West Ham podcast bets. Mine will have my name against it. James's and Reese's will be labelled accordingly with their names as well. Uh, and you can, as I say, back those for real if you like the sound of them, particularly the old Craig Dawson ones the last couple of weeks. You'd have been quids in uh, if you'd have been backing those ones. Uh, pretty good stuff. Jonesy, I, I think, like I said, we're just under eight grand now, so it's okay. But it's getting towards the business end of the season, is it? We're ticking over into March and then you're left less than two months left in the campaign. Um, so we need to we need to sort of 
keep the regularity of the bets up as much as as much as those big values, don't we? If we're going to get over that twelve and a half grand mark, yeah, we we probably need uh need at least another twenty. At least two, at least two, and it at least one big big one, yeah, uh, and then a couple of little little ones to top us up. A couple um, of little tiddlers. A squeaky bum time for me. I'm getting getting incredibly <laughs> big time um, squeaky bum time for I you on a big bum zero. I can't end the season with zero. I did so well last year. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be very, very upsetting. I just, mate, even this, do you know, like fair play, but <laughs> excuse me, I just can't see it. Like the, what yours won this week, I just can't see t- over 10.5 corners is an awful lot of corners in a game of football, isn't it? And Pablo <laughs> Fornells is going to be playing at centre half, probably. <laughs> so, so I, I, I base the corners purely because Liverpool are going to have a lot of chances. Yeah. So the chances are that you know we're going to be deflecting balls into the yeah. cop left, right, and centre. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean they, they can, yeah. they'll have like thirty corners in the first half probably. Coming <laughs> yeah. in that goal. Yeah, yeah. I like your Pablo Fornells thinking. I understand that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but look, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. We're doing all right in the last few weeks. So hope we can keep that going. Um, stay with us because we'll have the West Ham women next. Jonesy, a little bit of an oversight from uh, our point of view with the West Ham women's section. Uh, didn't do one last week, thinking that there was a break in the fixtures. Turns out the break was actually this week. So, uh, yeah, apologies to anyone out there wondered why on earth we weren't talking about the West Ham women's Reading, or game at Reading, excuse me, in the fifth round of the FA Women's Cup um, on Sunday. However... They won. 1-0 after extra time. Dagny Brynjastotir. I'm going to get that one day, I promise. Uh, Dagny Brynjastotir scoring once again. She's an excellent goal scorer from this season. In the 107th minute, time added on at the end of the first period uh, of extra time. 0-0 after normal time. West Ham coming away with a 1-0 win. Uh, Next round draw hasn't been done yet. Um, so not sure who West Ham are going to get. But Jonesy, um, as far as that goes, um, you know, positive stuff progressing in the FA Cup uh, after extra time. You sort of do feel normally you'd say, you know, the extra minutes in the legs might be a bit of a blow. Uh, but the next game isn't till Thursday, the 10th of March at home to Chelsea in the WSL. So significant time to rest up. Um, so just progressing, most important thing. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have a cup run to, to go alongside the superb league form this season. Yep. Uh, even if it did go into extra time, but the break kind of means that that's kind of doesn't really matter anymore. It's not really applicable. So, so yeah, I think it's a good, it's, it looks like it was a relatively easy, uh, uh, not easy game, even game, shall I say. Uh, looking at the possession stats and both teams had r- roughly the same amount of chances. So to, to come out with a 1-0 win, into the next round of the FA Cup. Hopefully, we get a nice, uh, a, a favourable draw in the next round, and we can keep going. But it just nicely supplements the the, the good WSL form and the, the good season that that they're having. Totally agree, mate. The uh, remaining quarter finalists: Arsenal, Birmingham, Chelsea, Coventry, Everton, Ipswich, Manchester City, and West Ham. The draw for that takes place Tuesday morning, quarter past nine. 
uh, live on BBC One, actually. So, uh, yeah, if you fancy it and you're up and about, um, get on over there. The games take place uh, across the weekend of the 19th and 20th of March. It's one of them, Josie, out of those three, realistically, you want to avoid, obviously, you hope Arsenal and um, Arsenal, Man City and Chelsea draw one of those, draw each other. Um, and then you got some teams in there in the championship and WSL teams who West Ham either have already beaten this season or are more than capable of beating. Uh, and before you know it, you're you're into a semi-final with the chance of maybe getting into another final. We all remember, of course, what a momentous occasion that was a few seasons back when the West Ham women got their 30-odd thousand fans behind the team. Um, no reason why not, really, is there? Just one of those situations, particularly uh, with the gulf in the women's game between those teams at the top. Um, although West Ham have, have done all right uh, against them this season. But you do just want to you want to avoid the big teams. If you get lucky with the draw, then the sky's the limit, really. Yeah, if you can avoid them and get... No. No disrespect to them, but Coventry, Everton, or Birmingham. I think I think any one of those Ipswich would be, as well. You'd take Ipswich. that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd take it. You know, get one of those four clubs, um, and hope that some of the bigger teams draw each other. Kind of just narrows it down a little bit. And um, but as you quite rightly said, they've been performing well regardless of who they've come up against this season. Hmm. So uh, apart from the blip against Leicester a couple of weeks ago, they haven't been on the end of um, like heavy defeats to anyone this season. So. Um, so yeah, I think they'd be confident whoever they face. But if we can get another good draw against one of those clubs, then it puts them in good stead to to continue going. Yeah, and you've got a, a just big respect as well, by the way, mate, um, to Dagny, uh, excellent goal scoring form. Um, seems every single time. I mean, I only know, of course, because of um, what an absolute pig's ear of pronouncing her surname. I make every time I have to read her name off of the score sheet. Um, but particularly in recent times, she's, she's in good form. She's tied with Claudia Walker um, at the top of the West Ham uh, goalscorer charts uh, in the league this season. Um, sort of both of them sitting on three goals and one assist each, but uh, Dagny's from three, yeah, three goals from 12 games. It seems more than that, but uh, obviously I think the recent, uh, obviously that, that's just WSL only. Um, but yeah, sort of praise her, lifelong West Ham fan. Um, just big praise to Ollie Harder seems to be bringing out the best in her. Yeah, it seems to be seems to have clicked nicely for her. He's um, doing something right, isn't he? Hundred percent, and I, I suppose it helps that she's also a a, a, a a lifelong West Ham fan as well. Gives her, you know, it's, it's like there's quite a few. I think there's two or three in the team that are yeah. lifelong West Ham fans. So. That's obviously helping and, um, yeah, super former. She's got incredible experience. So, you know, I don't think it's much of a surprise that she's, she's doing doing well, given her experience in the game. Oh. Uh, almost almost under Caps Ryston. So she's doing, she, she's, she's got a good career behind her and she's bringing that over to West Ham and, and some good form. So hopefully she keeps going and uh, fires us to the FA Cup, mate. Yeah, exactly. Well, her and Claudia, as I mentioned, they're both tied on two in the uh, in the FA Cup scorers list as well. So uh, five across both of those competitions. Just seems odd. It seems like she's scored 
Uh, loads more than that, but that, that obviously the, every single one of those five times I've tried to pronounce her saying I've nosed it up. So uh, perhaps we'll try and get her on, mate, and tell her, um, yeah. get her to tell us how you pronounce it. But yeah, good stuff uh, for the West Ham women. That um, Chelsea game is next, the next one up. Thursday, the 10th of March, Chelsea sitting second in the WSL at the moment. Played nine, drawn two, lost two. So quite a, an imposing, worrying opponent to be up against. They've got the chance to go top of the WSL um, if they win their game in hand that they have got. Uh, West Ham seventh on 20 points. Uh, doing okay in that seventh spot, I reckon. Um, obviously, the Reading, who sit one oh, two points, one place and two points above us, uh, have played a game less, but their game in hand is against Chelsea. So you'd hope that they'd lose that. And then it leaves West Ham within touch and distance still, really, of, of Man City in fifth. Uh, Man United in fourth, only five points behind them. With uh, what we've got now, eight games remaining in the season. Still plenty of points to pick up. Uh, exciting stuff with the FA Cup as well. So congrats to Ollie and the girls for progressing. Um, and yeah, next up, Chelsea. On Thursday, the 10th of March. That is nearly it for this week's show. But stay with us because me and Jonesy will have some final thoughts for you, as we always do, next. That's it for another week, Jonesy. Two opposition views packed in. Thanks to Stee and James for joining us to look ahead to those two games coming up. Uh, Excellent win against Wolves unbelievable, unfathomable excitement um, in the Will Pugh household ahead of that severe game, mate. Honestly, I've ne- you've never known anything like it. I am absolutely ecstatic about the whole situation and I genuinely can't wait uh, for both games, but particularly that away leg. Uh, your work trip, you've sort of mentioned it a couple of times, this work trip you're going to be on for the away leg. Is this like a, a business work trip or it's because it's got all the hallmarks the way you described it as a moment at the moment, excuse me, as a bit of a jolly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. It's um, all of uh, Snap Media's um, managers, heads of departments, execs, the big CEO, dogs. Just, just say the big dogs, is, mate. The, the big dogs. dogs the yeah. Big... The big dogs. Uh, we're, we're going up to, um, up to Scotland for three days to um, do do some work. We're we're planning for the next year, so we're kind of doing a strategic planning. Um, but we're also using it as an excuse to celebrate the successes of the last twelve months, which have been very very good for the company. So, bit of both. Um, bit of team bonding. Bit of team. We've got a couple of activities to do. Um, like what? I don't know. We we don't know yet. So it's, it's a surprise. Um, from the, what we the t- right, so are we down the line? Do you think of like uh paintballing, go karting, sort of thing, or more like whiskey tasting? Because Loch Lomond, mate, go whiskey yeah. tasting if you can. Well, I mean, if it's whiskey tasting, then I'm going to be in my absolute element yeah. because I love my whiskey, I've got a nice little collection. But um, we've been told because straight away we were like, well, okay, well, do we bring cloves, special mm. cloves to, to do with it? And they went, no, just bring normal cloves, like casual cloves, it's fine. So right. I think it's going to be indoor based, um, yeah. but don't know what it is. So that'd be interesting. So the first day and a half is um, work, and the, the the other day and a half is activities, and then spending most of it in the pub. Excellent, mate. So yeah, I'm looking forward That's to it. Wonderful. Should be good. You're gonna so will that go down fairly well with it among your colleagues when you tell them 
you were having to duck out on a Thursday night to watch West Ham win one nil away in Seville? Well, it's five thirty kickoff, I think, um, mm. which works in my favour a little bit because um, the timing is that we don't go out until seven that night. So I'll be able to watch it in a hotel room. And one of another guy that's going oh, that's on your own. Probably, yeah. But another guy that's oh. going with us, he's a Leicester fan and they're playing in Europe that night as well. Oh. So he'll be watching that. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll, find, I'll, I'll find a way. I'll find a way. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will, mate. I'm sure you will. Um, yeah, good show this week, Jonesy. Uh, just less, obviously, exciting stuff. A good win against Wolves. I feel a little bit more, I don't know, I just feel pretty buoyant. The excitement of the draw was brilliant. Um, and the fact that it looks like we might actually be able to um, play a half decent game of football with the 11 players um, that David Moyes puts out uh, it's come as somewhat of a relief I think um, after a few sketchy weeks uh, particularly given in light of that severe draw because it means we might actually give them a game which would be enthralling indeed but uh, yeah let's have some final thoughts from you then mate as we do every week on whatever you fancy really what's gone since we last spoke what's coming up um, yeah, just whatever floats your boat. Well, Michael Wood tw- tweeted me after um, after the Wolves game and said, a nice positive podcast this week. Basically going, it should be a lot better than it was the last few weeks. Um, and he's right. It's been positive. Well, he's looking for a nice positive yeah, podcast. Yeah. He's probably bored of me just going, what, the wheels are falling off. I yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've been, to be fair, I've, been pretty, negative. Right, yeah. I've been pretty negative as well the last couple of weeks. But yeah. Um, loads to be positive of that performance has really sort of given me that oomph again. It's going, yeah, 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 yeah. it felt like we were back, it felt like the, the West Ham of earlier on this season and last season was back a little bit. And with the draw as well, just so much to be excited for. FA Cup this week against Southampton. Um, just suddenly it feels like we're going places again. Last mm-hmm. week, I, 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 I remember saying that really felt like the wheels were going to fall off a little bit. Um, it felt like we just didn't know where the next good performance was coming from. And now it feels like, yeah, let's go again. Let's go again. Let's let's finish the top six again. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, we proved, proved the weekend that we've got it in us to do it. So, loads to look forward to. Um, two big games this week before Europa League next week. Um, just really exciting. I just, yeah, I feel giddy. I feel giddy with excitement, mate. Absolutely. Happy days indeed, mate. A uh, shout out to Brad Stevens as well, down under in Australia. Got in touch uh, in the week. Um, uh, James, Southampton game then, just quickly. Uh, I asked James earlier when I spoke to him and the Liverpool game. Let's have a couple of score predictions out of you. Uh, for Southampton, they're, they're in really good form. They're flying mm. at the moment. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think I, I'm going to say... Is going to go to penalties. We'll win Mate, penalties. yeah, we're we're matching on that. I reckon score, draw, and then extra time pens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think one we'll or two. And, yeah, and win that, and then Liverpool. Difficult to really call. Um, they'll probably be a little Fresh bit tired. The back of their they, Carabao Cup trial. They've won the Carabao Cup, but they're also playing in the week. Um, so I'm hoping they might be a little bit tired, but we've got the same fixture schedule, so I don't mm. it's really going to matter that much. And they've got that. <laughs> And they've got about nine squads to pick from. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So it's going to be tough, but 100% take a point, a one-all draw or a two-all oh, draw. Jesus, yeah. But, Man, I'd um, take a 3-1 defeat, I think. Yeah, just as long as it's not embarrassing, which it has been in previous visits there. 
Um, but yeah, we've won once there in 55 years or something, so I'm not got a great deal of hope. Nah, it's more, didn't we, we, it was like London buses, wasn't it? I'm sure we've won twice, at least no, we, twice. No, we've won we once not? there. That was a 3 0 under Billich. The 3 0, I remember. We, that. Came, we came close a couple of times, didn't we? We were 2 1 up the last minute one? or right, yeah, um, yeah, something yeah. like that. We've come close. I think we were 2 0 up at one and we drew 2 all. Right, but, I don't um, think we'd won again, but fair enough. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's just the one in 50-odd years, so not got a great deal of hope. But you just never know, do we, this West Ham team? No, no, I love my little cliche and at the end, a JJTM trademark there. But um, yeah, I don't know, really. I don't, I'm not holding out loads of hope, to be fair. But actually, I mean, Michael Wood wanted a nice positive podcast this week. I think we've done that. I think we've uh, done that this week, James. Pretty buoyant and upbeat. I'm beside myself with excitement just about the Europa League. Uh, you cast a good light on positive Wolves performance. So, all right, why not? Why not? Why, I'm going to go proper all out, put my neck out there and say we're going to get a nil-nil at Liverpool. And <laughs> how good will that be? <laughs> what, a bra- what, what a brave prediction. Uh, indeed. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, as always. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at WeAre underscore West Ham or on Instagram at we are West Ham Pod. Search We Are West Ham Podcast on Facebook. Do the same. On YouTube, you get the two opposition views this week, a little bit of match reaction, match reaction even to that Wolves game from me and Jonesy, uh, and a few little extra bonus bits and pieces over there. Subscribe to the podcast if you can. If you don't already, give us five stars, write us a review, and most importantly of all, tell your friends about what we're doing if you like us over here at We Are West Ham, which lots of you seem to do. If the listener numbers and the interaction we have on social media, etc., is anything to go by. So thanks so much for your support. We really appreciate it. Don't forget you can buy us a beer if you like or support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestham. That's buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestham. Donations start from as little as £5 each. The money goes straight to me and Jonesy. only goes on equipment guest fees or most importantly and most frequently in fact over the bar where me and Jonesy meet up West Ham fifth in the Premier League they're through the fifth round of the FA Cup we face Southampton on Tuesday and then away to Liverpool on Sunday but most excitingly of all from my point of view and from the perspective of so many other fans I know West Ham United have drawn European giants Sevilla in the last 16 of the Europa League if you think that any of us could have imagined this two, three, four seasons ago when it looked oh so grim and oh so glum, then simply I don't believe you. It is absolutely brilliant. It's so exciting. It's bringing out the kid in me. I'm sure it is in loads of you. Uh, I'm hoping to see, I'll be out there in Spain. If there's any listeners to the podcast, I'd absolutely love to meet up, get you involved. We're going to try and do some content out there when we're in Spain as well. But either way, it's an exciting time to be a West Ham fan. Michael Wood has got it right about the positive podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. As always, up the mighty hammers. West Ham United are massive. And we'll see you next week. This week's episode was sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk, where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a fantastic signed and framed Paolo Di Canio shirt. Tickets are just £3.95 each and just 99 will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Tuesday, the 1st of March, and the winner is drawn an hour later live on Facebook. 
There's been some fantastic signed pieces from Tony Cotty, Saeed Benrahma, Jared Bowen and Vladimir Sufau up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Podcast Network.